We're back. I'm Arlene Bynum for Alex Pearson. And oh gosh, it was a shock. As Bill Cosby, the news broke that he was a free man serving a couple of years and getting out early because of kind of a, can we call it a loophole? It was an apparent promise that was made. It wasn't put in, in any kind of writing, but he got out anyway. The big question after was, what does it mean for me too? And will Cosby be changed at all? Well, now we're getting a little bit of a peek at what he intends to do. His representative wants him to hit the road. He wants to tell jokes. And he's contacted several promoters who say that may be a good idea. What does this mean to the movement? What does it mean to all those women who came forward? If we put our minds back, there were many. Our guest knows this story, Nikki Agan, who is the author of Chasing Cosby, The Downfall of America's Dad, host and executive producer of the Chasing Cosby podcast, and an investigative journalist. Nikki, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me on. I guess it's not a surprise, but it's a, it's got to be some of the some of the victims of of Cosby their their worst nightmare here. How do you feel when you hear he wants to hit the road and try to be funny again? Oh, I'm completely not surprised. Uh, He did the same thing after the mistrial in 2017, only um, his representative said he was going to go travel the country and tell guys now how not to get caught for sexual assault. And there was such an outcry that he ended up not doing that tour. So this is par for the course for him. Um, another thing that he has a pattern of doing is in 2005, when he, after Bruce Castor declined to prosecute him, the first time he uh, did a comedy routine after that, he made a joke about drugging a woman's drink. And in January 2015, after the case erupted again at one of his first uh, comedy appearances, he made a joke about drugging a woman's drink. So I'm guessing he's probably going to follow that same pattern this time as he starts his tour. But this time, he was found guilty, and this time, it's after he served part of a prison sentence. Is that enough? I mean, is there enough backlash here? Because what I'm watching, and I'm sure everyone else watching, is, will people come? Are people people changed from this? Or does the fan of celebrity still flame for Bill Cosby? You know, he still has millions of followers on his social media, and sadly, there many of those millions of followers still seem to think he's Cliff Huxtable, and he's not Cliff Huxtable. So celebrity worship is a real issue here in the United States, and I guarantee you most of these people have never met him and have no idea who he really is, but they think they know him because they saw him on TV. And that's what they're holding on to. They're clinging to that image of him as Cliff Huxtable. And it's it's really, you know, sad to watch because... That's not who he is, and it's celebrity worship at its worst. You know, uh, we paid a lot of attention to cancel culture, and it has been criticized. Is there a fear or a chance that this is going to get picked up by the anti-cancel culture movement who's saying, let him talk, he got out of prison, he can say whatever he wants? You know, the cancel culture in this case did a good thing, which was in 2014 when Hannibal Burris did that video that went viral and this Mm -hmm. case exploded again. I think the only reason that Bill Cosby even served any time in prison was because of social media, because Bill Cosby could always control the media, except for me, but he could not control social media. And also these online news organizations um, that had sprung up like BuzzFeed and Gawker, and they were just not afraid of him. And it finally forced the mainstream media to start covering the case again after a couple of months. So I think there's, there's a good part of social media, at least in this case, 
now with the Me Too movement, even I, you know, I was getting concerned because I didn't see a lot of due process going on sometimes and people were losing their jobs and their livelihood like immediately after allegations were made before any real investigation could be done. And I found that concerning as well. But the fact that Bill Cosby is trying to use this uh, decision by the Supreme Court as an exoneration, which it wasn't, it was not an exoneration, um, you know, and say that it violated his due process rights, which is what the court said, is absurd. Um, there's no evidence that this promise was ever given, just Bruce Castor's word. And at a hearing in February 2016, the judge found Bruce Castor not credible on this issue. So um, there's something not right about this decision. I don't know what it is, but it's certainly not based on the law. Well, what is it then? What are you hinting at? Is is this about a an agreement? I mean, I know you don't know, but what makes you feel so certain that something's not right? Because there's no proof that there was such an agreement. Mm-hmm. First of all, Bruce Castor first claimed that the press release he put out in 2005 um, announcing Bill Cosby would not be charged criminally was an immunity agreement. I mean, that's absurd. He he claimed that in 2005. I mean, I'm sorry, he didn't say that in 2005. He said it 10 years later when the case erupted again. He testified under oath that he told his first assistant, Risa Furman, about it being an immunity agreement and that she in turn told Andrea's attorneys. And Andrea's attorneys took the stand under oath and said no such thing happened. And Risa Furman's emails about it were introduced into ex- as exhibits in that hearing, and she said no such thing ever happened. So he concocted this later on, I believe. There's no proof it happened. Um, and the lawyer he alleges that he told that was representing Cosby is deceased. Bill Cosby himself has never said that. So the only proof is this, and in Pennsylvania anyway, mm-hmm. an immunity agreement has to be written and signed off on by a judge under state law. That wasn't done here. So, and Bush Castor claims that's because he was the sovereign of Montgomery County, and as a sovereign, I guess he means the king, because that's also what sovereign means. He had the power to do this. But it, it, it could have a very chilling effect down the line, because this is exactly why they're all ours created, to have immunity agreements signed off on by a judge, so that celebrities and the rich and powerful don't get special treatment. I yeah, guarantee we're, we're- Bruce Castor even testified under oath that he couldn't recall ever doing this in his te- on any other case in his 10 years as DA. But, but this one. And then we understand Ghislaine Maxwell, she moved very, very quickly after this happened, saying same thing happened to her. And some of the same players are there. We know Dershowitz was uh, supportive of Cosby, and he is involved in the other case as well. Let me ask you, Nikki, what does Bill Cosby represent now after he's been found guilty, after he's done time, after Me Too, all this, now getting out of prison? What does he stand for and what are we watching for? Those who come to see him and those who shun him. What are you looking for? It's another, he's another example now of the power wealth, powerful, wealthy, and privileged getting special treatment by the criminal justice system that the rest of the country doesn't get. That's what he stands for. He thinks he's been exonerated. He has not been exonerated. He got out on a technicality, and we still, it was not based on any law that I know of or any proof that I know of. And the other things that were unusual about it was that they ordered that he could not be tried a third time, and the court ordered his immediate release. That is that that doesn't happen. I mean, I fully expected it was possible his conviction could be overturned. 
I listened to the PA Supreme Court's oral arguments in December. They were very aggressive with the prosecution. In fact, the chief justice actually asked one of the prosecutors a question, then got up and walked away from his computer for 10 minutes as she was answering it, and his screen went blank. And then he sat down um, and didn't even remark that he had been gone for 10 minutes. So I really became convinced they were going to overturn it then, but the remedy is normally a new trial. And I also thought it would be on the other issue, which was about the five other women who were allowed to testify as so-called 404B witnesses, because that actually is an issue that has not really been defined by the courts. How many can you have? How far back can these claims go? But they didn't even get to that issue in their decision because they threw it out over this alleged due process violation, which, as I said, is not based on any evidence whatsoever. You know, Ginslaine Maxwell didn't waste any time. As as we know, she's asked for the prosecutors to drop several charges bringing this up. Has a precedent been set here, and will it be challenged? Well, what's interesting is, again, the, the judges have already ruled on that issue because they said that non-prosecution agreement only applied in Florida, not in New York, where these charges were brought. But I, I will add, though, the difference between that case and this case is that that non-prosecution agreement was in writing in Florida, and it was signed off on by a judge. Now, it was sealed but yeah. for a long time, but it was definitely in writing and signed off on by a judge, unlike in this case. So what she about the vi- to have more reason, although, again, the judge already yeah. ruled that that only applied in Florida, and that's why they yeah. charged her yeah, in New York. But, but we're th- seeing things uh, come out of the woodwork here. Um, yeah. What are the victims feeling? Is there, is there any way out of this? Well, I think initially they were, um, many were upset, you know, crying mm-hmm. overnight, uh, feeling sick to their stomachs. I think it's slowly turning to um, anger and the determination to, you know, keep on this and try to get more laws changed, maybe. They're having a vigil in Philly this Saturday night at 7 p.m. at Independence Hall. So they're not, you know, they're not going to go quietly off into the sunset. Um, in 2014, a group of them got together and got statute of limitation laws for sexual assault extended in Nevada and Colorado, and eliminated in California. And there are now efforts underway to get them completely eliminated in Colorado and Nevada. So I think that, once again, they're going to take all of their, you know, their unity and try to make something good come out of this and try to get some more laws changed maybe in other states or, you know, who knows. But they're really, they're not going to just go away quietly right now. This has galvanized them, energized them, I think. Yeah, I cannot imagine that they are. Nikki Egan, author of Chasing Cosby, The Downfall of America's Dad, host and executive producer of the Chasing Cosby podcast and investigative journalist joining us. Nikki, thank you. Take care. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. For Alex Pearson, I'm Arlene Bynum, and this is Global News Radio.